We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty is on CFB Nation, presented by Twisted T. See, now you don't realize what's happening. People in Chicago are now cooling. That's why I said the best thing. I want Justin to sit out like two more games. <laughs> so hey, people can oh, really they, see. No, so people can really see. They, they were like really excited. Though. They were excited about this dude. But now fans are starting to calm down like, okay, he's just a backup. Y'all yeah. won this. Hold on now. Y'all won this week. Yeah. We did. We did. Yeah. yeah. I had this debate with uh my boy Ryan Roberts. <laughs> we do the recruit show every Friday. Recruit now. I had this debate with him. I said, dude, I'd keep Justin. Give me Joe Alt and Marvin Harris. You can keep them quarterbacks. Keep them quarterbacks. That'd keep be them. nice. Give That'd me Joe nice. Alt and Marvin Harrison. I'm good. It goes back to Give I'm me not some putting weight. Justin in that Name. coaching situation. You putting him back in that situation? Because Ryan Roberts was like, uh, uh, I said, Let, I said, Name me a top quarterback in the NFL that does not drop back knowing he got a stud at left tackle. Name one. Name, Name one. That, you know what? You uh, know what? And we're going to get to this dude in the second half of the show. You know why CJ Stroud is so comfortable? Because that dude, Larry Tunsil, was at left Larry back. Larry a beast. <laughs> Every time C.J. Stroud steps back, he knows. My backside, I'm good. I'm good. Larry Tunsil be I'm holding good. down. Every time Dak Prescott drops back, if he's healthy and playing, he knows. that. Every time Jalen Hurst, Hurst drops back, Lane Johnson, a I'm ball. good. Yeah. I'm good. Pat Mahomes until this year. That left tackle situation. Hold on, Wani Taylor. Shout out Wani Taylor, man. That's my left tackle at Florida, man. Shout out to Wani, number 74, man. Shout out. Yeah, I don't think he's like the same as like Orlando Brown. No, who, no, no, no. Who has given Joe Burrow the same type of confidence that he's never had? Yeah. At quarterback. Yeah. This is what I'm saying, left. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is what I'm saying. But it hasn't translated for us as it no. has. No. Sam Hartman should have should, should have the best feeling in the world when he drops back. Because that backside, he's good. We can complain about the interior. We we can. And speaking of the interior, Zeke Correll. Right. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, let me make sure I get this correct. Ashton Craig more than likely, is going to be the starting center. He was the third center against Clemson and came in and played very well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the one that subbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Marcus Freeman said he was very pleased. Uh, Zeke Carell still has an ankle issue, and he's still in concussion protocol, and Rocco Spindler Rocco is Spindler. out they've been, they've been battling. for the year. Rocco is out for the year with an injury, so that means Billy Shrout, more than likely, is going to be right there, right guard. So that's how the offensive line is going to play out. And we got Jagasaw coming in early, right? Or he's already there or something like that? He's there. He's yeah. there. He's there. He'll be coming off of a red shirt year. Yeah. I, 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 Look, man, this season is all about Notre Dame fans. I pray on both sides of the ball we get to see some young players. That's against it. Wake Forward and Stanford. And because that's what if we, we go hear full starters, we're not getting better. I don't think we get better playing our starters that we've been rocking with all season in these last couple games. I just don't see the benefit in it. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking program building, obviously, you know, they want to play. But y'all had y'all chance losing to these games that, that could have propelled us into a New Year's Six playoffs. You know, that's just mm-hmm. the way the cookie crumbles. I know that's why, I, you know, with Sam, it's just like, listen, you get your little time in, mm-hmm. but you got to come up off of that starting full time. You just, I mean, at this point in the season, you won for three on the games we signed you for. We aren't confident and don't know what we have in the QB room because I guess Marcus Freeman is still uh, tossing around the idea of this transfer quarter, uh, transfer portal quarterback thing. No, they're going to take one. <laughs> they have to. Let, let me let me explain why it's real simple. It's real simple. Okay. Based upon what I've seen in practices, right? I didn't really get a lot of the summer practices because of what I was dealing with. But I was there all spring. 
and late in the fall camp. From what I saw in practice, the mm -hmm. best arm, it's not even pro. <laughs> People keep making it seem like I'm disrespecting Steve Angeli. People, it's I just close. No, I just need people, man. I, I need y'all to understand. The first practice we're allowed to be, we walk in, and the quarterbacks are literally at the 50-yard line. All five quarterbacks across the 50-yard line throwing the receivers. Yeah, it's 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 skelly. And it's, skelly and, it, and it's immediately evident. Anybody else that covers Notre Dame, if they want to, if they want to lie to you, and let them lie. Let them lie. <laughs> it was immediately evident that Kenny Minchie was the best arm in the mm. program as a true freshman. It wasn't. Even, it wasn't even close. And that's with Sam on the field. Yes. Yes. I believe it though. I mean, I didn't and take Steve like, Angeli to have no. Beautiful so, cannon, or even uh, they got that one kid. Where did he come from? The kid from Louisiana, number sixteen. He's like the backup, backup, backup. Oh, oh, I uh, the walk on. I know you talk. Oh, he's a walk on. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm he's like, a preferred. He's a preferred. He's a big kid, dude. He has a oh, real he's big. He's real thick lower body. Mm, okay, real thick yeah. lower body. Like Gino might be able to do something with him, like a Taysom Hill kind of thing, or just like a yeah he. You know, because I haven't really seen him in action, play, play, and like scrimmage action. So I don't know his abilities athletically, but I know well, he's legs. He has some tree trunks. <laughs> his leg, he has some tree trunks. Okay. But to stick to what we were talking about, so we can get to the second half and get to the bag and our debate that we had yesterday concerning CJ Stroud and how it connects to Notre Dame. That's right. Um, I'm not being dismissive for Steve Angel. I'm just telling you, he's he, not the, he's not the championship. He, he can't. That's why I said, if he can hold off the talent of Minchie and CJ Carr, which I don't think he can. As I just don't think he can. You have to go get another quarterback in the portal because he's going to transfer. He has to. Who Angeli's going to transfer? So you say you yes. Need if he doesn't beat out, if he doesn't beat out those two kids in the spring, he has to transfer. He can't chance a quarterback competition in the fall. He has to give himself two years minimum, minimum. to be able to start somewhere else. If he has NFL aspirations, he has to. Yeah, and that's why he has to play the rest of the he season. He has to. So yes, <laughs> got to play the rest of the season. Yes, if you're going to be fair <laughs> to the young man, let that young man play. Yeah, if you care, if you care about his 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 career and all that, you go and play him these little two or three games left, and get as much out of it as you can, because when you' about to turn around and make these transitional pickups and drop offs. And developments. So he's he's either me, a part of the plan or he's not. People keep look, man. I don't know how Andrew Gilmore. You got to stop because I know you watch us consistently. Oh no! Look, I, I just seen it. He talking about Drew Alar. Oh man! You you didn't watch that game. You, I'm trying because I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice, bro. 
That's that he's in the same category as guess who? Riley Leonard. Stop boosting that as well. What are he we talking? is not, dude. You throw Armstrong to the side. He is not better at throwing the football. Everything that encompasses throwing the football as a quarterback. Arm strength, touch, accuracy. Kenny Mitchell is better at all three. <laughs> like, stop yeah. playing this game, Kenny's man. Nice. Every sitting up here falling in love with fourth quarter drives against Pitt. Stop. Quincy Avery even told you. Wait, yes. He can throw. Yes. Yes. Yes, he's got the talent. And that's there, there and I really be believe. Two more talent. Dude, two more talent. If you want to sit up and say he knows the system better, all right, fine. But that doesn't mean know anything. That. that doesn't mean dude. anything because guess what? You can know it and not be able to execute. And at this point, Marcus Freeman should be trying to take the most talented person in that position we'll we'll figure out and we'll see because you know no name's a smart place a lot of smart coaches so i expect if we get the rawest talent out there like a deuce night even the talent that's kind of developed in kenny can we be the good coaches that we're supposed to be and bring them along put them in position to win because what we've been doing is we've been putting guys that know everything but can't do it so then it puts it puts you as a coach as a position of well I can't coach you talent, you 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 have reached your max capability with me. Now we're trying to call great plays because everything's got to be perfect with a non-talented guy. If we were to get the Deuce Knight, I think is a great experiment. Just like Kenny Minchie is a working towards that uh, recruiting just straight talent. Straight talent. We, you know, all the other intangibles that we love to try to add to these guys to make them seem like they're the right one, it's not working. Whatever you did, to, 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 whatever you recruited and your list of requirements of recruiting quarterbacks that brought Steve Angeli in, throw that thing in the garbage. That's not the model we want to go with moving forward. We want to get talent. And Kenny Minchie undeniably has the best arm talent, which I've said since Elite 11. You said it. When you analyze his film in high school and his mama <laughs> contacted you to tell you the backstory of why he wears number eight. That's right. That's right. So when we get a position like this, this is where Marcus Freeman has to say, okay, if I'm going to bring a transfer in, I need to bring a transfer in that helps the guys I'm developing. Because that's, in my opinion, the way we should look at transfer quarterbacks now because the ones that we can bring in aren't the talented, the most talented in the room. We're bringing in guys that are good that we should be supporting the guys that are we want to be the future of the program. That's how they do it in the NFL. What happened? When they drafted Lamar, guess who they brought in? Robert Griffin. So for us, it's important that if we're going to foster some type of some type of relationship in that quarterback room and, and Gino Gadulli to get his money's worth, we have to be able to put talent in the room to develop. Hey, dude, look. I'm going to sum this up real simple. Marcus Freeman told you two weeks ago all you need to know about Steve Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that they had a conversation yeah. about going to the transfer portal tells you that That's he has not proven in two years that he's the guy. Yeah. 
If you had that conversation, that means they, you're halfway they, out. The that, they, he is openly, openly telling you, man, he's been here two years and he hasn't he hasn't proven to us that he's the dude. Yeah, he's he talked about it. he knows where to throw the ball. He look at him against Pitt. And skeletal drills. Let me ask you a question, Lev. And skeletal drills, like I just explained. Should the ball hit the ground? Never, never. You don't okay. even. It's like NBA. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before you continue, I've seen multiple passes from that dude hit the ground in skeletal drills. With That's no all defense? I'm gonna say. With no defense. That's so, all I'm going to tell you. So don't well, sit up and tell me about yeah. we need to see. No, I don't even see anything. That's like, yeah, that's like saying, do NBA players in practice anything. miss shots? No, they don't. No. That's just, no. NBA player. I don't care if he's the bench player or the starter. NBA players do not miss shots in practice. You, you remember that video of Tristan Thompson when he was playing with the Bulls last year and he was yeah. practicing layups before the game and he was missing all the layups around the rim? It was like, okay. Yeah, it, it ain't no it, defense. It, and that's what Matt LaFleur always told me that stuck with me. Matt LaFleur said, listen, in the NFL, there is no ball on the ground for real, especially when we're doing on air. Yeah, that just doesn't happen. You got to be a pro in that aspect when it comes to practicing. Like this ain't high school where you can just dirt like dirting the ball back when we when I was playing with all the guys we had in the room. You know that was like you all right. <laughs> we had to we had to make sure something didn't happen to you because yeah. that was just your way of making it easier for them to play the other guy. Yeah. I mean, this is practice. I mean, we ain't even starting no team. We ain't starting no one-on-ones. We just warming up. And you yeah. dirting the football, it just never would look good in the coach's eye, ever. I don't even care if you – it never looks good. So, missing wide-open throws with no defense, it just shows you get halfway out the door. Because, I mean, Marcus Freeman can't live with that. Because just imagine you putting the defense out there. And then putting the D line out there, and now you got to make passes with people hanging on them and windows. No way. Not if you can't hit a post with nobody guarding. Or you, it's one thing to you know miss shoot on the accurate, but if you hitting the dirt, man, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. This ain't this ain't the early two thousands. You're just not getting away with that in college football anymore. And so that's my impression. No one, dude, I don't speak to anybody else. This is me. I'm not overlooking anybody. I'm going based upon what I've seen. And just like I could look at certain players and say, oh, that's it. Did I not hit you after the second practice and was like, oh, yeah, Rico's going to be cool? No, yeah, you definitely said Rico's, Rico's going to be cool. Absolutely. Like, dude, I do. Look, I look at what people show me, and I know that you're not supposed to be hitting the ground with the ball and skeletal drills. Man, listen. <laughs> I know that. that I'm like, a, okay. That's like the number one thing you can't do. I didn't say, did I say get rid of Steve Angeli and Kenny Minchie should be just given the job? I didn't no, say that. No, 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 no. I said if the re no name's not going to the portal to get one of these top guys. There's no need. They're not. But they need four arms. You need four arms in your quarterback room. You just need them. If Steve Angeli does not win the job coming out of the spring, he's bouncing. He should bounce. Mm. So you'll be That's left an with interesting three, take. You'll be left with three arms. 
So you have to go to the portal no matter what. The conversation was not going to be about whether or not they're going to the portal. It's who are we going after in the portal? Are we going after a guy again? Or are we going after somebody that can come in, give us depth, and be a fourth arm? Because you can't go into an offseason with three arms or a fall camp with three arms in the quarterback room. Just can't so happen. They are going to hit the portal regardless. I would just love to see. I, I would just love to see somebody rise out of that room. We talk a lot about there's got to be a leader in each unit room because that usually sets the the tone for how everybody else responds to. Right now, we don't have a leader in that receiver room. If we're counting the Jordan Faison, then the whole receiver room's lost, and it has right. nothing to do with Jordan Faison ability. But right. from the optics of it, ain't no way in the world a walk on should be. This ain't a max school. Or a Mountain West school where, you know, I'm interviewing these coaches and they just so high on these walk-on receivers that didn't get no scholarship and now they just as main starter and all that. This is mm -hmm. not that. We had the luxury and the resources to recruit actual dudes. Mm -hmm. And for a guy that was a two-sport guy that didn't even – what I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't his main focus, but to to cross over into this and, and, and lend a help, it just doesn't look good from the program that we're trying to build, especially on Chansey Stuffy. You telling me that all these good receivers that we supposedly got outside of injury, the only yeah. one developing is the walk-on? That's why I'm like, he he just can't be the reason why we win games. He can be a part of it, but that's like if Salerno was leading the receiver room, we wouldn't feel good about it. And it's not a knock on those guys in particular. It's just the it's just the room. Yeah, it's just the room. Like Audrey Estimate would never let a walk-on in the running back room overshadow what he's meant to this team. And we've had receivers that walked on the team. Do you know the, just the process of that? Walking on, you don't get the training table. You don't get the the the, the same stuff you get on team issue gear and and it's a whole thing. So it's either guys are too comfortable in the room where they feel like, oh, it's that's why I don't like the whole, oh, it's everybody's, you know, everybody's chance to, that whole thing, the community thing. Uh, you need a, a, a pack leader. A pack leader. Now, we manufacture one in the quarterback room because you got rid of all the other ones. But I think that Tyler still being there, because, I mean, obviously he ain't playing over at Alabama, but him still being at Notre Dame, I think it would have pushed Sam to not have a regression as the year is going on, in my opinion. In my opinion. And I think a lot of that is how Jack was successful throughout the year. Jack didn't take no dips. Jack was consistent. And anytime we called him throughout the year because he had Tyler, that was always right there. Yeah. And in a way, maybe that made Jack play better, which is why yeah. I think that clearing the decks for Sam has only shown Sam to just get almost lazy. He's like, you, you've you noticeably gotten worse as the yeah. year goes on. And when you look at the room, you're like, there's nobody even in sight that's pushing it. Yeah. And if Steve ain't making you better, just because, you know, Deshaun made me better, I'm sure I made Ev better. <clears throat> Hell, I'm on their back. Mm -hmm. And and it just the the urgency and the, the 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 care for the football, like that pick that he threw, it didn't even look like it phased him. He was just like, oh, it's just another, you know, they ain't gonna bench me. I'm just whatever. But it also speaks volume to the coaching staff. 
if the coaching mm-hmm. staff really believed in Steve, Steve would have been playing by now. Like, come on. Steve would have been like, – like, if we really just being honest. And you see how college football works. They ain't afraid to replace a dude that ain't getting it done if they believe in the backup. Hell, Alabama wasn't afraid to bench Jalen Milrow. And look at what Jalen Milrow responded as being he's gotten better week to week. But in that room, they tested out other guys. We ain't even testing out other guys. That's the that's the thing that kills me is that do we have zero faith in the room or is it just we just sold on Sam? That's, that's, that's why it's comical when people are like, well, you guys just overlook Steve Angeli. The, the coaching staff the coach is, is overlooking him. Like they're telling you. The coach is telling you. you. The coaching staff is telling you what's in the quarterback room. They're telling you. That Clemson pick, that Sam Oakman. This is is what I don't like, man. This is what I don't like, man. This is the only thing because you know I say, look, it's enough meat on the bone. That's right. Everybody that covers Notre Dame, I don't throw I throw shade at people that throw shade at me. I'll leave it at that. If you wanna if you want to try to sneak and say stuff on your podcast about us or me. That's I'm right. going to respond. That's right. Otherwise, I leave people alone. I leave them to their thoughts and their opinion. All I'm saying is a whole bunch of people that were vouching for Drew Pine. Huh? Last year during the offseason, Drew Pine's v- better v- than v- Tyler v- Buckner. <laughs> Wait, Drew Pine's better than Tyler Buckner. I don't know what people are looking at. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why Tyler Buckner is the starter. Drew Pine is obviously better. It's the same people now. I love Steve. Man. It's the exact same people. I love Steve Angeli. Look, man. I go to the same practices these people go to. So I don't know why they cape for the underdogs, right? Or the dudes that's, that, and that's the mentality we got to get out of, man. We got to get out of that. the dudes that are the most inaccurate. I don't know why they cape for them. I'm not that dude. It's, it's, it's the movie Rudy. I'm blaming Rudy. I'm going to tell you what I see, give you my opinion, and then you can take it from there. But if you think we're overlooking Steve Angeli, what Marcus Freeman said two weeks ago told you everything you need to know about Steve Angeli to this point. I mean, the season ain't over. You got Coach going to the press conference to tell you I had to had to do it again. You got to go to the portal again. I got to go to it again. And I and and don't worry, I'm not. This is not the first conversation I'm saying this. I had a conversation with him in the office before I came out here to this press conference that I'm getting somebody else. And that don't tell you you one foot in, one foot out, or the the belief factor. You think that these quarterbacks out here, Drake May, and even though they're not having the most successful season, that at any point, coaches talking to Drake May and like, hey, we need to we need to go to the transfer portal. We need to. See what these backups look like. We need to no. You ride or die what you do. And I look, think a lot of this this desperate loyalty, that's what I'm calling it. We have a desperate is. loyalty for Sam Hartman because we want him to be what he's not for this offense. We want him to yeah. be that yeah. that 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 mystical figure that solves the problem, and he's not solving it. He's a good friend. Yeah. Notre Dame and Sam Hartman should have never dated. They were just real good friends. Yeah, just just go out, hang out sometime, you know, come to the yeah. camp. Yeah. Be cool. Yeah. 
But we jumped into the whole relationship, and yeah. now I'm regretting it, and you eating it up. You just, you just, you know, <laughs> you, it's like you elevated with us. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. It's like this is a 90 day fiance episode. Yeah. We we bringing you to America from Argentina. Just so you get your green card. You having all the luxuries of living over here. And then to come find out it don't work out. Yeah. Come on. I think a lot of this goes to us selling this belief that the answer is in the portal. When the answer's in the room, we just have to develop it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. Which is crazy. Notre Dame fans have been begging for the quarterback room to get better. Begging. And now that you finally have some young, talented quarterbacks in the room going into a schedule that is soft as Charmin two plus. We ain't never had a schedule. This it's easy. You've been begging for this. And now you want to go back to the portal again? For what? We can win all 12 games with who we got. For right what? Now. At some point, you got a coach. At some point. <laughs> Where's the coaching? <laughs> At so you some point, you got a coach. And like, dude. Look, I'm gonna explain this one more time because this the people respond to stuff, and I know they're not listening to everything I say. I, I now I fully understand why things end up on message boards out of context. Once again, if Steve Angeli does not beat out Kenny Minchie in the spring, he is going to bounce. He has to bounce. Needs to bounce. Needs he needs to, to bounce. Especially if he has NFL aspirations. And that's if, us caring for Steve Angeli. If he bounces, it's because Kenny Minchie has proven that he's the guy. That's and if it. Kenny Minchie has proven he's the guy, why are you going to get a top-notch quarterback in the port? For what? 
And if Kenny Ninchy proves that he's the guy and you lose Steve Angeli, you have to go to the portal because you need four quarterbacks in a quarterback room. It's that simple. Like, what? There's nothing hard to understand. If he transfers in the spring, it's because C.J. Carr, let me be blunt, Kenny Minchin and C.J. Carr kicked his butt, period. If Steve Angeli bounces, it's because C.J. Carr and Kenny Minchin kicked his butt. And, and if that happens, emphasis on C.J. because he, he coming too. Yes. So if, he, if a guy coming in whooping you, off of, and we're just talking about talent. Yes. This is a talent conversation. The next yes. three guys. Well, the next two guys we have coming in and Kenny Minchie are talented football players, not yes. guys that are just so cerebral and just know yes. how to get guys lined up. And No, no, no. Yes. We have real talent that we have yes. on our hands, finally. And yes. this is not the, the opportunity to, to squander that by trying to experiment with game managers. I just don't think that's how we're going to win moving forward. But even in a schedule like this, Dude. If you do I it right, Andrew, you Andrew, I love you. You just want to argue this morning. What do you say? I gotta see. This dude said, "Dude, after Texas A and M, name me the next, name me the next tough game Notre Dame has. Go look at the schedule. I'll wait. After the Texas A and M game, the first game of the year, name me the next toughest game. I'll wait. Schedule is soft as hell. What is?" What are we talking about? Yeah. It was made this way to line up with expansion. Yeah, because we had to take take the take the load off. <laughs> yeah, take that load off. They don't play it's another like, tough game until November, bro. Yeah. We're, we're, November. we're literally planning. Louisville is literally up. losing. Louisville is literally losing 20 people, and Louisville comes here. Yeah. They're literally losing like 20 people out of that program. Louisville is not a program that's all oh, they're consistently going to be. Dude, that's not they how get, it works. They, they, transfer portal. Team. they get hot yeah. some years and some years they tear. Yes, the transfer weird. portal worked for us this year. Next year, dude, no. And no. Louisville is Louisville. I don't want to stop. A basketball school. Not Come on. That. Not hearing that. Like, y'all got to raise y'all expectations. Now I understand why Notre Dame is able. I understand why Notre Dame is able to feed bull crap to the fan base. Because yeah. the expectations are real mediocre, bro. Yeah. Louisville? Sitting up here with no respect for Louisville and Duke. What are we doing? Alabama yeah. fans don't sit there respecting Vanderbilt. Dude, George, let me tell you something, bro. Georgia fans do at Purdue. At Purdue. Left, I'm gone. You can do the rest. Left, do the rest of the stuff. Do the rest. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. Listen, we have to remember that we are Notre Dame. When it comes to talking about these other schools that are streaky, none of these teams have resumes that are stacked to what we're able to do. So when you start talking about teams that are hot now and then just terrible later, you got to think, this is Notre Dame. We a 10-win team, 9-10-win team every year. The the success that we've had this year would be ranked in some of the top seasons of some of these schools that you're talking about. When's the last time Purdue won 10 games? When's the last time 
Louisville has been in a position of national contention. We have put ourselves in a position where we've scheduled just to tune up for the second season. The schedule we have next year is to guarantee us to get into the next the next part of the season, which is the playoffs. That's what it's for. Which means the teams that we scheduled in the first part of the season are teams we should be. We're looking for a first-round playoff game at home based off of the schedule we put together for next year. Yeah, we got a Texas A&M, but what is Texas A&M going to be their first year new head coach? All new recruiting. They have so many different things. They ain't thinking about Notre Dame right now. So after Texas A&M, Sean's absolutely right. This is a schedule that's very winnable compared to years before. Very winnable. Very winnable. Probably an easier schedule than 2012. Probably an easier schedule than 2012. And we have a better team. So it's highly disappointing to see the fact that our expectations are really based on a team that gets hot one year. Have we been able to step up to the challenge like we've should? No. But at the same time, the moves that we're making going into next year will be should be enough for us to at least get first, second round of playoffs. But it's got to require us to have an expectation in the building. You can't have dysfunction because through dysfunction, you get this, this propaganda of fear where you think we'll lose to a Purdue. Because you don't trust that the that the that the dysfunction can work itself out in time. But at the end of the day, it's gonna be cleaned up. We're going against teams that come on, if we look let's look at the record of these teams that we're playing next year right now. They probably under five hundred combined? Probably under 500, which is good enough for us, especially with a young quarterback getting his feet wet. Because guess what? By the time we get to the end of the season next year and we want to get ready for playoffs, those quarterbacks are going to be ready. They're going to be ready. So, you know, one of the easiest schedules I've ever seen since I've been involved with Notre Dame, which is interesting because – you know, usually we try to try to load it up. It should be great for Notre Dame fans to see us unload a little bit on that regular season schedule because that means that we're gearing up to guarantee us to be in that top 12 spot going into next year, which I'm excited about. I think it gives a, a refreshed sense of how we view Marcus Freeman because now it's like, okay, Marcus Freeman, it was a lot of expectations in your first two years to basically go undefeated and make it to the playoffs and win a championship. A little unrealistic. First year head coach, you got to go undefeated two years in a row, beat all these top teams and guys have been coaching forever. You got to go do that. And if you don't do that, you on the chopping block. Now, the appreciation for Marcus Freeman grows because, okay, we know you're capable of getting through this, but your measuring stick, how we're going to evaluate you as a Notre Dame coach is going to be in the playoffs, which is the, the, the I think, the place Marcus Freeman wants to be because now it's like, okay, I've tested and, and, and tried things throughout the season to see what kind of combinations work. Woo -dee -woo -dee -woo. Now in the playoffs, I'll start stacking wins. Now you can see the relevance of recruiting. You can see the relevance of the program and the health of the program, how it progresses through a playoff system. It can only work through organization. And Marcus Freeman, going through the first two years of what he's gone through, right, 
this third year should be a culmination of everything coming together. Everything coming together to put his team in a position to be ready for the playoffs. Regular season next year might be a little dry. And it and it's good if it's dry because it shows that we're handling business. If we got to go down to the wire with a Purdue, at Purdue, that's Marcus Freeman going back, backwards. That's Marcus Freeman progress, regressing backwards. Because at the end of the day, this year three for Marcus Freeman, we over this Purdue and Louisville stuff. Because them, them should be them should be automatic wins. Now we're not overlooking anybody, but that should be the mentality. We're looking to put as many points on the board, shut them out like we do. That's Notre Dame football. And if we're not on brand in that aspect, it's just gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. But it gives Marcus Freeman a second chance of life having a two season type situation next year. So it's okay if the first part of the season is front is not front loaded. Because what the fans' expectation should be is that, yeah, you better crush that regular season schedule because you better prepare for what's coming in the playoffs, and that's where you're going to be measured at. That's how we can know if this was the right hire, not the front-loaded, unrealistic expectations of going undefeated every year and going 12-0 and and getting into the playoff win championship. That, that's a hard, Herculean effort. But that's where Brian Kelly has, in, in a lot of good ways, set us up for. Where the fan base is so spoiled, that anything under 10-9 wins, you would think that the world was ending. So at least this year, coming up, we can enjoy being Notre Dame fans at least for the first 12 games. Because <laughs> I know that you're going to see a lot more development. You should. Now, these are things you should see in a schedule like next year with what we with what we have going on. You should see a young quarterback get better week to week. You should see the young guys playing throughout the season. In crucial moments. Because all these games are winnable. It'd be different if we had a couple of unwinnable, you know, we don't know type of games like this year. Next year, we, I feel good about every game we're going into, honestly. So I expect to see the roster be played out. The depth be played during next year. So young quarterback getting better. And you having faith in him and you building around him. Young guys playing a lot earlier and more often. Getting involved into the depth. And, and, and correct the, the the little things that can help us make the game-changing plays. We still got to find an X factor. I want to have a, a Zachariah Branch on our team. How, how sweet is it to watch Washington every week and those two receivers shine every game? I mean, it's not – they don't take no breaks off where they like, oh, he's got so much potential. We can't wait to see him run down the field, and he don't get no attempts. They throwing it to him, both of them. And that's what needs to happen at Notre Dame. We need to be seeing those flashes of 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 our offense growing in winnable games, because by the time playoff comes, I need to to see everybody on all cylinders. We need to be firing on all cylinders. Complementary football has to be better going into next year, where it's still just too lopsided. We have a top defense in the country with an offense that's so inconsistent that it makes you mad, because against teams that we put up 45 against those teams the next week beat the teams we lose to by 45. And you like, wait a minute. NC State and Louisville are more of the same than different. And we get two totally different outcomes and they're more of the same than we are. So Marcus Freeman has to find consistency in an easy schedule next year because when it comes to that playoffs, I think 
that's where he'll really be judged, but also he'll be judged more harshly. Because it ain't going to be no excuses. I mean, we're automatic playoff bid. I'm banking on from that looking at the schedule next year. We're automatic first-round playoff at home. That's what I'm already envisioning for this team next year. And that's because of what I believe Marcus Freeman can do. But also, from that quarterback position, I really do believe if we just invest <laughs> in developing Kenny Minch, let the Steve Angeli experiment last for the rest of this season. But don't go into that spring where you got all oh, you got all so many indecisions because you're not progressing in the right way of development for the offense. Now for the team, you know you can we we you do a good job at that. Yeah, I mean moving Xavier Watts and, and finding the right spot for him to be who he is today in that defense. I think that was a very smart move, one of the better moves Marcus mm -hmm. Freeman has made in the two years that he's been here. I always yeah. say it was the Xavier Watts move, the Mike Mickens hire, and. uh what was the third thing? It was the third thing I had, but those two specifically, I think are the two best things that Marcus Freeman has done on staff slash in player personnel that he's been able to do. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're getting ready to transition. Left, I couldn't. That that whole Purdue thing, I saw Purdue, I just had to leave. Bro. Oh, yeah. No, and I think they talk about love, I love Ryan Walters. Yeah. I wish he was still the defensive quarter at Illinois. Left, I'll give you a perfect life example, bro. You know, I don't know if you know this, but in the city of Chicago, in basketball, we have two divisions. It's the red division and it's the blue division. Is that public private school? Public school. Okay. And it's it's relegation. It's just like soccer. If you're the bottom two teams in the comp in the division, you get dropped down to the blue division. The top division is red. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Right. So when well, you hear Semi change every year. Yeah, you hear Semyon and like Whitney Young and all the battles. It's always That's red, red division. It's red West, Red South, Red Central. You know where Dunbar was the top team for a lot of years. It's red, red division, red division. But so you said they can change, like. Dude, the if bottom Whitney two Young teams wasn't good. They could drop out of red. They dropped to blue. If they're one of the bottom two teams at the end of the year, they're in the blue division. Next year. It's like NIT. <laughs> yes, it's like soccer. It's like soccer. I don't know how anybody else does basketball. This is why it was so competitive. It kept the competitive fervor up because no one wanted to drop as a program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue. So you had the last place teams. Playing, playing hard. hard all year because <laughs> they don't want to play because the blue division teams are the most dangerous schools to go to on the bus. <laughs> don't nobody do. Don't nobody want to take a trip over the Shurs on the bus and have to fight to get out of there. No one wants to take a trip over the Bowen. Oh, okay. it, it, it's on and off the court. You got to worry about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. It's life and death situations. <laughs> it's real talk. They try to have good experiences going to the playoffs. <laughs> I just want to go down the street to Simeon and yeah. politely take my beating. Yeah. Right? So Morgan Park, which the program is <laughs> one of the most elite programs now. When I played with Kurt Ho Coach Herb Ray, God rest his soul, amen, it was what it was. Right. See, because there are people talking about Notre Dame comparing to Louisville. Let me tell you something, man. Let me know when Louisville can say in the last decade they've been to a national championship game and two college football playoffs. Not even close. 
Yeah, go get the Louisville fan base. See, Louisville can talk about that game this year, and I'll sit back and let them talk, and I'll say, okay, tell me the last time you've been to a national championship game or the college football playoffs. Can't name it. I'll wait. So don't ever put me I don't know how y'all feel. Maybe y'all got low expectations or y'all been hurt. You can't. Louisville can never, ever be equal to Notre Dame. Never. 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 They got It's nothing they can say. The only no. thing they can say is we got Lamar Jackson. Okay. I'll give you that. And that's recent history. I'll give you that. Don't come up here. Man, y'all embarrassing me as Notre Dame fans, dude. Talk, I don't care how upset you are with what the program is doing right now. We'll never be as bad as Louisville. I'm sitting up there program. talking about Notre Dame is mid, just like Louisville. In what, in what world? In what world? Y'all need to, y'all need to, hey, think better of yourself. I don't care how upset you are. And it goes back to my point, bro. When we were built, we were the builders of the basketball program. I told this story before. The guys that came in the 90s, we built the, we blood, sweat, and tears, got our butts kicked. We took the whoopings from Jawan Howard and CVS. We took the whoopings from Deion Thomas and Simeon, the Butler twins, Cody and Deion Butler. We took all the whoopings from Simeon. We took some whoopings from Julian. But I can tell you the list of teams we were not going to lose to. So, yeah, we, Notre Dame's in a place. They should take their whoopings from Bama. Take their whoopings from Georgia. Heck, I'll throw Clemson on there. Take your whoopings from Clemson because Clemson's been a better program. You want to throw another team on there? Ohio State? Take your whooping from Ohio State. But you know who you better not lose to? You better not lose to Duke. You better not lose to Louisville. There's a whole list of teams you better not lose to. And that's the expectation. I don't expect you to be Bama. I don't expect you to be Georgia. Heck, you might even lose on the road to Texas A&M. But you better not play a close game against a MAC team at home. You better not. No. Because you're better than that. You got better talent than that. And that's the issue. That's why losing to Clemson, that Clemson team this year, is an embarrassment. Losing to Louisville is an embarrassment. I don't care about Louisville's program. Yeah, we beat Jeff Rom when he was at Purdue. So I don't want to hear about his coaching because he's been a great coach wherever he went. You still That's found right. a he's way. Giving, you still found a way to beat him. You That's still right. found a way to beat him. That's right. Period. And arguably, he had better Purdue teams than he has now. Y'all letting Notre Dame make y'all feel bad and lower your expectations. Get the heck out of here. That's 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 what Notre it Dame is top five, top five, top six all-time winning this program. Annually top five, top six in most NFL players. So I don't want to hear nothing about Notre Dame. They got no talent. Da, da, da. They constantly top five, top six, seven, whatever with NFL players. NFL littered with Notre Dame players. So they're good enough for the NFL, but they just horrible when they had Notre Dame. We tell you the truth. Notre Dame does not and has not had playmakers. At the key positions, period. That's it. That's it. You want to talk about questionable coaching? Fine. We can do that. 
But y'all mismanaged. Dude, y'all can get that Louisville stuff out of here, dog. I might not be Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State, but you better believe I know who I am as a Notre yeah, Dame fan I'm, I'm, and what yeah, my program is. Yeah, we mopping up that other stuff, yeah. Comparing the Notre Dame program to Louisville. The heck out of here. Notre Dame is better than 85% of the football programs. Easily. In Division One. 85. Like, on a year-to-year -year basis. And last I checked, that's a B. That ain't mid. Yeah. That's not mid. That's a B. I, I might not be an A-plus like Georgia, which, by the way, when everybody was like, oh, there's no great team in the country, I said there's one team that has the potential to be great. And that team in Athens is showing you. Oh, huh. We coming. We might have been young at the start of the season. Dude, they lost their captain, their middle linebacker. And a true freshman comes in and has 10 tackles, three for two tackles, three tackles for loss, left. True mm. freshman. Wait a minute. Going into the game all week, people were like, I don't know how the Georgia defense is going to play when you lose your, your main signal caller, the one that gets everybody lined up. You remember that narrative, left? You remember that. that narrative? The one that gets you lose your linebacker that gets and captain that gets everybody lined up, and you have to play a true freshman. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's, I don't know that old miss offense. That's just dangerous for a true freshman to face. Okay. Either you a playmaker or you not. And CJ Allen is a playmaker. I don't hear this stuff about systems, leadership, that stuff they were spewing. Oh man, if we lose JD, if we lose JD Tay out for a week, he's the main communicator. Man, what's gonna happen to our defense? Hey man, raise your expectations. Because if that yeah. defense is affected that much by the loss of one dude, it's so it's crazy how Georgia can just replace their main dude, bro. Oh man. I mean, they that's the place. You, you would have thought he, he never left. And we got all dude, we got all of these fantastic young linebackers that just can't seem to get on the field. Oh, yeah. That's the on the field, dude. Jalen Jalen Sneed. I mean, no yeah. Ziggler, just, who looks like a instead monster of putting, out there. Instead of putting Drake Bowen in there, middle linebacker, we're just gonna move Jack Kaiser to middle linebacker. Yeah, we shuffling like we don't got depth. Where's the development, man? Development only comes through reps and experience. Exactly. And if we ain't throwing them exactly. out there because we're buttholes too tight on, on things that don't matter in no situation. This isn't practice. When the live bullets fly, it's about making plays and not. You being so specific like it's practice, oh, he didn't hit the right gap. You're going to lose because you ain't putting the talent out there. Left. To get back to my point, entire bonus. We didn't have playmakers, boy. We were scrappy. We were small. We were installing Coach Ray's system and right. setting the program up for what he saw in the future. What? Yeah, you're setting it up. You're not the. Dude, I was a good. I was a good, solid floor general. Played defense. Didn't turn the ball over. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't scoring 25 points a game. I did no. my job though. Hey, and that's I did my job. I did my job. I went out there and competed. We played Simeon. Yo, I'm competing. Deion Butler. Heck, you a D1 prospect? I'm not going to a D1 school, but guess what? 
I'm gonna make you play hard this game, bro. And eventually, they won a city championship in 07. Next thing you know, city championship in 11. City championship in 13. Then you see Charlie Moore. Then you see Ayo DeSumo. Now you see Morgan Park producing all of these playmakers. Adam Miller. Uh, I forget the young guy that was the best player in the city for Morgan Park that played for uh, Louisville, went to the Final Four. I forget his name. Um, that's a shame because I know my friends that watch the show up. I'm like, bro, that's disrespectful. But that's it, man. That's yeah. it, bro. You can, it's fine if you're not good enough. We weren't good enough to beat Simeon, dude, for the first six, seven years. We weren't. We didn't have the dudes. Didn't have the dudes. And that's what it come down to. But once we got the dudes. It was up. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's go. Because yeah. yeah, we understood. Yeah. And even though we didn't have the dudes, we're not losing a Bowen. We're no, no, losing, no. We're not, we're not, we're not, losing, not, a, we're not losing a Marshall. <laughs> we're not losing. Man, please. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we looked at the schedule like, oh, all right. Yeah, 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 we might lose there might, there at might home. There might be some tough ones on there. Yeah, we might lose but, that game. That Yeah, we got to go on the road to Whitney Young. Yeah, we might lose that one. But I can, but, tell, uh, you the games, I can tell you the games we're not losing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right, right there. That's the conversation, right? I can tell you what we're not going to do, but I can tell you what's challenging. And it, that, that's the type of attitude this Notre Dame program needs to have. Okay, Especially we might not be Bama. We might not be Georgia, but if we play you, it's gonna be a game. We're gonna it's gonna you. be physical. We're gonna sweat you. We're gonna sweat you. You go, you gonna leave that game being like, I'm glad we don't have catching them two years from now. Yeah, but they, but uh, Purdue, come oh. on, fam. Northern Illinois coming to to Notre Dame Stadium next year. Yeah, come on, you? fam. Come on, fam. Hey. Well, Rocky Lombardi, I, look, hey, I can tell you about their team. I just like I the just champ, got down like with the them. champ, like the champ said in Harlem Nights. Don't take this at <laughs> personally. That's right. Everybody else on that schedule, that's what you get. Yeah, because you you on the schedule. Take this personally, and we need to we need to be like that every week. I'm tired of having these whole narratives. Oh, it's an emotional week after. What is that? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> Emotional week where Purdue is gonna shock us. It's Notre Dame, and I'm not even see dude. The Texas A&M game is the Texas A&M game. But dude, if you if you honestly look at that schedule next year and think it's a difficult schedule, I don't know what else to tell you. I, I just don't. And if you don't understand how Notre Dame would just go to the portal to get step in the quarterback room and you just I don't know and you don't want to see your young quarterbacks actually be dudes because if that's what they do then more than likely that's what happens so I would think you should be happy with that if Notre Dame just went and got a depth dude in the quarterback room it should make you feel like oh snap one of these young cats must be must be, all must right. be a dude must be alright I know I would be happy. Lucky Lefty poll question of the day. Who was the best freshman wide receiver at Notre Dame? Uh, Tony Hunter came in 1979, bro. He grabbed 27 passes for 690 yards. That's 25.6 per catch left with two touchdowns. 
That was his end. The team went seven and four. 2008, Michael Floyd. Man, bro, 48 catches, 719 yards with seven touchdowns, bro. He was just a Mike Floyd, piece. just because I know they were four-speeding the ball to him. And he missed, you have to read, he missed three games due to injury, though. Yeah, because he, he getting the ball so much, he in a lot of action. You know, as a freshman, that's hard to take on the body. Tim Brown at 84, 28 catches, bro. Man, hell yeah. 12 yards per catch. But we got to keep it specific to the freshman year, not what they became. Because I right. think then it, then it turns into favoritism. You know, you, right. you usually say Tim Brown. That's Tim Brown, you know. We got Rakeem Ishmael, 88. He only had 16 catches, but he averaged 29 yards per reception, bro. And the two touch returns against Michigan. You had the two returns, I mean, return against Mike. Dude, he was just impactful. Then, I mean, 2002, Maurice Stovall, 2007, Duval Kamar, great options. And once again, you know, people on the poll are mentioning the receivers. The poll is about freshmen, true freshmen receivers. True freshmen. Yeah. Who is the best true freshman receiver? Go over to the YouTube page right now and vote LL question, poll question of the day. We come back, you guys are going to help us or the debate we had yesterday. That's right. Very important one, too. As we're talking about playmakers in Notre Dame and development playmakers, we're going to get into it. But how soon should you know whether or not a dude is a dude? How soon before you know that a dude is a dude? We'll talk about it on the other side of Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it different. 